Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're going to drink Thebes beers. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading our Patreon selected book of the month, and Antigone by Sophocles, <laughs> um, or Antigone by Sophocles, as the man at your diner will tell you. And uh, <laughs> someone's starting with a beer. I got a beer. It's... The big boy beer. So this is from Wild East, and it's called Noncompliance, because this book is about fuck the police, but in Greek. Um, it's from Wild East, and it's 10% Imperial Stout. I think it does comply with most things, though, you know, beer-wise. It's actually an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Um, nope, it's a stout. It's It's nice. Uh, it's not like, it's not a heavy pastry stout. It's, you know, more like the old kind, but with a shitload of booze in it. Those are coming back now. People are moving away from the, the pastries. You know, all things in time. I can't wait till 2032 when they start having, like, grilled cheese stout. I was like, all right, hmm. fuck with me. <laughs> it's probably already the name of a beer from other half. It just may not be this actually tastes grilled like grilled cheese. <laughs> so, the fuck is this called again? Oh, yeah. Soft. This was our Antigone. poll winner. What was our well, the poll? The poll was old time shit. They're all old plays, and people chose this one. I'm surprised they didn't choose Oedipus Rex, which is about the mom fucking. But this is a Who sequel. Who is the dad of Antigone? Yeah, this yeah. this is the sequel to Oedipus. Though actually, it was written first. Those Greeks doing everything backwards. <laughs> Ass backwards, if you know what I mean. So Because someone they wrote this one first, and then someone was like, that Oedipus sounds like a real motherfucker. And it's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so Sophocles, I don't Genius. know. I don't think there are too many of his plays that are extant, or whatever that word is. I mean, he also wrote Rent. He t- <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, do you, how do you measure the years of a philosopher no yeah, they, they added they added the songs later but the play was there that sounds about right uh <laughs> i want i want to see i'm just trying to look up how many of his plays actually still exist because almost all of them i'm sure are lost because almost everything from sophocles's time about 240 uh, 2400 years ago is lost there's they know the names of 120 Plays. Because at the end of at the end of this one it says other works by Sophocles. He's like Chuck. He's like Chuck Tangle. If like you like Amazon this, links. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some that are only used. Uh, some that are only known in quotes from other ones. Like hey, you know that play was cool. Um, but I think yeah, only seven are complete. So this is one of them. But in his time, when the Athenians weren't you know philosophizing they would have these dramatical uh, competitions. And you submitted a, a tetrarchy, I guess is the word. You'd submit four plays that were linked thematically, and it would be a combination, I guess, of comedies and dramas and also satyr plays, which there are basically none of those left today, which are like raunchy comedies. And mm. this was part of one of those four-play sequences. And Oedipus Rex was part of... Another four-play sequence in Oedipus at Colonus, or whatever the last one is, was part of yet another four-part sequence. But since the other ones are all lost, people just lump them together. Like, yeah, it's all Oedipus. Fuck it. Who cares? They're sequels. I mean, they are, they are related in a way that clearly we think is more important than the Greeks did. Because 
if, if they're you part know, of the uh, the Oedipus Rex universe, the extent, expanded universe. universe yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a tragedy, and it was premiered in 441 BC. Nate, and what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> it was the good old days. <laughs> so the Greeks who invented tragedy. Um, before then, everything was great. Uh, they one time we we'll run out of gyro, and uh, there is no more gyro. It's very sad. So sad we had to make new word for this sad. <laughs> it's actually unclear where the word tragedy comes from because it comes from the words meaning goat song, <laughs> and and not making that up. And it's not clear why. It's Have you ever thought. heard a goat sing? It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of uh, Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, it is thought either, because these were competitions, you might have won a goat. <laughs> and singing. It's like, wow, let's fucking, what do we call this thing where there's some singing and you win a goat? And they're like, how about a goat song? And that's and then, where we get the expression, greatest of all time, okay, yeah. the goat. <laughs> goat. That's yeah, everything that, that's, Greek, <laughs> or it having something to do with um, the link to Dionysus, um, because that has that's where really the origin of, of Greek drama is in drunken revelry, poetry recital things. Anyway, so another thing that's very different about Greek drama, if you've never read it, is that there is a character called the chorus, which is weird because it's not quite a narrator but it's not quite a character he's like a narrator that's also part of the story but yet can be multiple people speaking in unison and was it would it's thought that in tragedies the chorus was probably a dozen or two dozen people and in comedies it might be a larger number and it's not really you know they sang or at least chanted their parts because they were all poems all very it's all in poetic form and there may have been musical accompaniment, and they may have done all sorts of cool, like, echoey effects and stuff like that to make it more interesting to hear. But we get the word chorus, obviously, from there, but also orchestra, because that's the front part of the stage where the chorus stood. Um, but they sometimes, like, they are all clearly only talking to the audience. Like, they're not talking back. You mean in their talk- vast exposition chunks? Yes. When they just, like, you ever, uh, I don't remember the, the beginning of this, isn't so bad, but if you read the beginning of fucking uh, Oedipus Rex, when they're just like, it is Oedipus, he is the one who slayed the Sphinx, and then they like, the Sphinx was a shithead, and then they just go through all the shit. <laughs> and <then> like, <laughs> like he a was page. a real asshole. <laughs> he didn't have that. And then Oedipus comes <laughs> in, and he's like, well, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, nothing. And then he just goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the chorus is a weird thing to get used to. Uh, yeah. And there and there were a couple other weird um, rules of drama of the time, like they had to take place at what in one place in one day with one plot. There's no side yeah. plot. There's no the, the Greeks never left the plane. Like I really wish I knew more about that supporting character. Like good, he is not important. So they had one place, one time. So all these fucking complicated plays were like were like you need to know the backstory. It has to get dumped on you by the by the chorus or by actors, you know, saying 
fucking lame dialogue like who is it that approaches and then the guy's like it is me stavros it is the one who once borrowed from you a goat and then you said no mention it but here i am mentioning it because i have a favorite ass like oh that was a time i remember that <laughs> and they have to do that kind of shit and they only had like two actors on the stage so they could only have two characters talking was this a time when it was only dudes it was only yeah it's the, the greeks it was only dudes <laughs> It, it's so they didn't have to use quotation marks on the page with only two actors. You could just follow it. <laughs> that the was tablet yeah, they handed out <laughs> from the top of tablet two. Stavros, we're handing out the handing out the playbill to everybody that walks in. <laughs> we need more. Quit chisel faster. <laughs> so all that means that it's really different than how we picture plays today. So if you see a production of any Greek play. They either do a pretty classical one of it, and they're like, huh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like a pretentious art one where they change it all, and all the characters are dressed up like, you know, it'll be, Jew- you know, uh, I don't know, this or Oedipus, but everyone's dressed up like a banker on Wall Street in 1987. And <laughs> you're it's like, either hyper classical or like hyper performance art modernist weird shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, the entire thing is set instead of a Greyhound bus depot for some reason now. Okay. <laughs> That's, that makes, because that bus is there. It's anti-gone. Got it. Uh-huh. Um, so, in the beginning, we learn that there's been a war. Because the, the Greeks are constantly fighting. A civil war. I mean, it was, it were really fighting over which one had the best diner because they were all posting that shit up they're like world's best coffee and they're like it cannot be true and then they would (laughs) (laughs) there could be only one oh wait wrong wrong scotland greek invented that also no this is greek everyone knows because you know acropolis means high city high land highlander all things are greek it is true i've heard it said so right in the beginning, there's been a war. <laughs> My papu told me this. There's been a war. The war is over. But the war was one of Oedipus's sons in his army versus Oedipus's other son in his army. So one of, one of, them, one of them was named Polynices because he had many nieces. And then the other one was... <laughs> no, he was actually no Polynices. He's a very good boy. He knows. So... The other one named Ectoplasm, something like that. Ectoplasm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, something like that. He uh, he was defending the city, but Polynices was attacking the city. Both of these sons are dead, uh, which is going to be really important. But it doesn't say specifically, precisely how they died. So could it have been? Aqualung. Oh man, I saw that one. I was like, how can I work Aqualung? <laughs> it's like maybe they drowned. <laughs> Might have doesn't say they didn't. Greek is also surrounded aqua. by water. Greek. Greek Greek word or is that a Latin word? That's Latin. Ah, oh, fuck. Hoping you stole everything from the Greeks. There's the Greek one, I think. So close enough. Um so yeah, this is a double IPA. This is a double IPA from Finback, and it's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Back, though, from Bacchus. He is Greek uh, version of the uh, Roman version Dionysus. So, mm. pretty Greek. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, both sons are dead. This already happened 
in the like before page one starts. When um, you read a Greek play, you are really just watching from like a modern sense the last eleven minutes of a story. Like everything else has to be done already because it can only be the one scene, one place. You're watching one the time. aftermath. This is like it's like the climax just happened. <laughs> it's like all right, let's tie all that no, shit it, up. It's the final episode of this series. But you don't get the first nine episodes. You start with the final episode, and then you just have to Jesus fill in the blanks. Christ, where did the, what the fuck is an Ewok? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so both sons are dead, and now Creon is now king of Thebes, because Oedipus is also long dead. So Creon is king now, but he's only just become king because now Ectoclus, or whatever his name is, is dead. Um uh, eucalyptus. But the new king, eucalyptus. There you go. <laughs> but the new king says, Polynices, don't bury his body. Just leave it out there. Um, and because he's a traitor. And but his sister, because he actually hit two of his sisters are still alive. One of which is Antigone. Antigone is like what? You can't just leave his body out there on the battlefield. And apparently, at least. From our reading of uh, the Iliad one, the yeah, the the, 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 the uh, Song of Achilles, Achilles, like that was a big deal. Like uh, it, yeah, was, it was, it was really thought like un, not cool to like leave a body out and not give it a proper burial. So, well, that, that's like where ghosts come from. Basically, <laughs> they, they like you fucking didn't bury me, dickheads. Now I have to wander around. That's because the dirt keeps ghosts in. Everybody knows that. So uh, right away, and so Antigone is like, what? Don't bury him uh, no like you fucking bastard and then that's really the main plot creon doesn't want him buried but antigone you know says, if she, you go out and bury anybody i'm gonna kill you because she yep. um yeah exactly like it's against the law like you know it is my rule that he shall not be buried and antigone is like but i'm going to do it anyway and antigone says like you know, the, the God's law, that you know, the law of the gods is that they must be buried. That's why I have to do it. And there's... Um, this is the main conflict, the thematic conflict of the thing. of you know, The state versus divine. Yeah. The, uh, so Creon, pretty much right at the beginning when he's like introducing himself, says, because he's just become king... He says, until a man has passed this test of office and proved himself in the exercise of power, he can't truly, he can't be truly known. But, and he, he's basically saying, I know I've just become king, but I'm not going to fuck up. You can trust me. Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention, I actually read, I read the, the Seamus Haney version of Antigone. I don't know what version you guys read. I read the Fitzgerald and Fitz one or something like that. Oh, I I read one from like 1912 by some guy, F. Store. It's like an old timey one. So it's like there's a lot of like old timey English in this one. They keep saying wort, like will be, like wort, W E R T, which I thought was funny. Oh, that's terrible. No, I read the one by Robert Fitzgerald and um, Dudley Fitz in the 60s, I want to say, 1950s. Mm. 51, 50 something, somewhere in there. What did James Heaney do? Why do I know that name? Did we read another translation Beowulf. by him? Beowulf. Uh, okay, okay. He did the far superior translation of Beowulf to the Tolkien's. Didn't he also win the Nobel Prize? He won the Nobel Prize? He did, yeah. 
very recently. For translating? For his poetry, I believe. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But also Old English and Greek and, you know, translating stuff like that. Quite, uh, it's quite impressive. Anyway, so Creon is like, I'm king now. You must do what I say. Don't bury his body. And Antigone, because she's the only woman with, you know, any backbone in the whole city. She's like, no, I'm going to do it. And so she does. And the whole intro is her trying to tell her sister, Ismene, who's still alive, like, hey, let's go bury him. He's like, no, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that. We're going to get fucked up. He's like, it's the right thing to do, dumbass. We have to do this. Fuck that guy. He sucks. fucking brother. Polynomial was our brother. Polynomial. We got to break him down (laughs) and get him under that ground. We got to factor him. (laughs) Foil. Foil foil the king's plans. I (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so then she yeah, does. She, she fucking buries him. Well, well this or kind is, of. She gives mm, a nominal burial. But this is where there's some controversy in what actually is happening in the play because we said there was a light dusting upon him. Well, yeah, there is a light dusting on him. That did happen. But so this counts. <laughs> but there is, you know, what happens is basically a guard shows up and he's like, "Listen, Oh, this is, you're going to be really pissed. But, but the guard, <laughs> you know that one thing we weren't supposed to allow to happen? But the guard shows up. I got to find the exact the line from this translation, at least. He shows up and he says, My lord, I, I will not make pretense to pant and puff as some light-footed messenger. In sooth, my soul beneath its packet thought many had made many a halt and turned and turned again. For conscience plied her spur and curbed my turns. Why hurry headlong to thy fate, poor fool? She whispered then again, if Crayon learned this from another without, will rue it worse. Thus, he goes on for like nine more lines. And Crayon's like, what is it? <laughs> but he starts off as like, I have Listen, stuff to do today. I'm not, I'm not gonna fuck. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. And then he pr- proceeds to annihilate that bush with beating by just <laughs> rambling. And I was like, this is. I fucking really didn't want to do it. Oh, it's gonna be bad. You're gonna be so pissed. You know the fucking dead guy. Somebody buried him. Kind of. Or they walked by and scuffed a shoe too hard, and they got a little dirt on him. But we don't know who did it. We have no idea. And he's like, oh, my, my first edict. This is the f- true test of my kingship. He's like, I'm going to kill you, guard. Or maybe, I don't know. I wasn't really, I was like, who cares? But then the, but the guard's like, we have no idea who did it. We don't know anything. And then later, like the king, then he like talks to himself in the chorus. Then the guard comes back. He's like, oh, fucking thank God we found this bitch doing it. She was just burying him. She did it. And so the question is that other scholars have asked, not me, did, did he get buried twice? I thought that the first one, she like buried him a little bit. And then I thought that Creon said like unbury him, like clean him off, get that shit out of here, dig him, like dig him up, but really just dust him off. But, but and did, then she came back to re to get the job done. But the question, if, if, but it's no guarantee that she did that first burying. It's possible, according to some, some some fucking nerds. That feels like a fucking reach. Like, why that would it the, be because, in there at all? Because ultimately, this whole thing is about, like, duty to the gods. It's all about doing what the gods want you to do. And, like, yeah. did the gods bury him with this, like, by, like, queefing a little bit and then getting some dust to fall on the guy? I mean, the gods do rarely do anything nice. Right, but this could have been them being like, let's set him up. 
If it was like, hey, give him he enough turned into rope a goose to hang and, himself. Turn into a goose and fuck this dead guy. Like, yeah, that could be a god. But <laughs> that may that could have happened too. Though that's that <laughs> didn't no, see that happening either. That's how the no, dust got onto him. Gods come dust. Everybody. He knows. turned into one of those eels you put up a horse's ass to make it uh, pep up. Oh yeah, the faking. Yeah. So I have I have to assume, and I am not an, a Greek literature scholar, but I have to assume that she did it the first time and they undid it and she did it again because that's the whole point of the play is that she doesn't give a shit. She's like, no, nah, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. Because she's like, I will die for this because it's the right thing to do. Apparently people are like, maybe this is just another one of those things that the gods are just fucking up shit because they were bored. You know, when you live forever, you run out of shit to do. But ultimately, she's caught completely red-handed. And you're like, oh, thank God it's over, right? Now, still like 17 more pages. <laughs> and then, hold on. And he's uh, like, well, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, but it was the right thing to do. He's like, but I'm the king. Yeah, Everybody goes right to me. To do. Fuck you. But you know what else is the right thing to do? Go to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club and support the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because this month, <laughs> like every month, Everyone gets to vote on a book, and they voted on this book. And every month that we do that, we get to shout out the people that voted for us. All of our patrons get shouted out, and we have to read their names, no matter what their names are. (laughs) Um, No matter what. No matter what, we have to say it out loud on the internet forever until the death of the universe. So this month... Nate, you're, you're reading the names. Would you like to read the names? Okay, I'd like to thank Alan, Mr. Slotch, Meep, Brandon, <laughs> Poontanklan, or Poontanklan, Black Rabbit of Inlay, Avery, Humid Oyster, Kevin O. Irish name, Linda, Nathaniel, the good version of Nate with a respectful relationship with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Richard III, <laughs> Frederick William, Derek Carroll. My New Year's, re- I'd like to thank, my New Year's resolution is to make sweet music with Beethoven. <laughs> I don't mean the composer. <laughs> I'd like to thank, in 2024, I'll be voting for the candidate most likely to pardon me for what I did to those labradoodles. <laughs> yep, they get my vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially like to thank, I, Nate, masturbate using only my right hand out of respect for the drummer of Def Leppard when I watch <laughs> amputee porn. Oh, Jesus. That was, a, that was a dirty. <laughs> Did I? What? Who hurt you? I don't know. I think he was in a bus crash or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's not, okay. It's bad enough and that he's already deaf. Now he has one arm. That's terrible. <laughs> No ears and one arm. I'd like to thank Grace, <laughs> Catherine, Colton. Oh, God. I don't... I, um, <laughs> okay, I'm sure I'm going to say it wrong. I'll probably have to oh, do it a couple Jimmy, times. Jimmy, can you put it in the chat? I don't have it. I want to, I want to read Ca- this. What is, what is Canadis Troya has to unite? Oh, oh gonna, yeah. Wait, yeah, po- po- put it in the chat. I need to see what this says. Can I destroy your ass tonight? <laughs> That's it. Yep. Thanks, Jimmy. 
Okay, and I'd like to thank. <laughs> Wait, Nate, what was it? Uh, yeah, Jimmy said you, it. Uh, I froze, <laughs> you guys froze there. I didn't hear. I didn't really hear what it said. I'd like to thank. I wish I could remember to change my name every month the same way Nate remembers where all the cameras are in Petco. Zaphod Beeblebrox, <laughs> Joe, Hayden, Emotional Support Burrito, and CL. Uh, thanks, people. You rock. <laughs> Some of you. <laughs> Most of you. Not can I destroy your ass tonight? That's pretty good. I like that. Uh. It's beyond me. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to support the podcast and join that esteemed group, go to patreon.com slash Drunk Book Club, or you can help us out by leaving a review uh, wherever you're listening, or just go tell people to check it out. I see these people always asking for, like, what podcast you listen to? I just learned about them, and it's totally bots, but you know what? You could yell into the void and tell them about us. Uh, so, uh, the second burial thing, I don't know, man, it's weird. Why did she have to go back to kick more dust? She's a dummy. But anyway, she has to get killed for it now. Yeah. And, uh... Because she was, so she was a disrespectful Creon, woman. Creon sentences her to be, like, walled up in a cave. Entombed like Jesus. Greeks invented three that, too? days. <laughs> <laughs> well, first he also gets her sister... And she's like, is mean? And he's like, is it you? He's like, no, it's not my, it's my name. It's like they invented the who's on first routine, apparently. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it was definitely me. He's like, I'm not falling for that bullshit. Uh, and Antigone's like, hey, bitch, fuck you. I'm going down for what I did. You're too much of a fucking pussy to even do it. So you can, you can go to hell. Yep. And then the chorus sings a song. And they're like, Oedipus is a fucking asshole. And it's always sucked. And then this, and everyone's just like, yeah, we knew that. It's a fucking famous story, Sophocles. Who are you telling right now? This is part of the Greek world. And I feel like meet, they need to be reminded a lot. And then you meet, and then um, Creon's son comes in. Crayola. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hey, he's Jamaican. Hey, man. Hey, hey man. <laughs> like, what, and, be pro- what be the trouble here, man? And they're like, <laughs> why are you speaking like that? That's very odd. I mean... As I'm from the islands, it's like, yeah, but not, not Lesbos. <laughs> these, are, these are like the greatest Antilles. <laughs> That's where they're from. So, Crayon's son ha- is ah. in love. <laughs> is in love with Antigone, and is going they to marry her. Betro- exactly, uh, betrothed. But now she's dead, and he comes in to try and convince his father. Well, no, not, don't do that. it. And the son is like, I know, I want to be a good son, but you're wrong. And of course, Creon cannot maybe you're being accept, a kind of a dick. Cannot accept that he might be wrong. Dad, cannot. I was going to hit that. <laughs> you're cock blocking me, Dad. <laughs> like, literally, you're blocking it now <laughs> with a fucking wall. Dick move. I was hoping my virginity would be anti gone. Was that what that means? And then he's no, like, you know gone. what? I'll fucking kill her in front of you. How do you like that, son? And he's like, all right, all right. Peace, Dad. And I'm he out of here. even says in that, uh, in that uh, conversation, if she needs a husband, let Hades find her one. That was foreshadowing. So because a son cannot convince his father not to, uh, you know, not to execute... Antigone, and then literally the scene ends, and the next scene is like, "Oh, your son just killed himself." I thought did, didn't she get did she get walled in first? She has oh, a whole okay. no, she has a whole not. speech no, about she, getting, she gets to sing a song still. 
Oh, she sings the whole song and then she gets entombed. And then, as in famous in Greek plays, everybody dies on the last page. <laughs> I like this because uh, I'm, I'm reading the summary of Wikipedia just to try to make sure we don't forget anything in a 26-page book so we don't get accused of not knowing anything. But it says, the chorus sings of the power of love. It's like, are they fucking invent... The Greeks invented that Huey Lewis song too? Yeah, and they also wrote Back to the Future. <laughs> Back in time. It's a Greek song. The power of love. No, I know. about Power of love is, uh, is Huey Lewis in the news, but they also... But he, he, also didn't he also did Power of Love for the Back to the Future. Did he? Yeah. I don't yeah. even know that part. Did that but for I believe, the movie. I believe it was Pythagoras who wrote It's Hip to Be a Square. And it was the follow up to Hip to Be a Triangle, <laughs> which didn't really work out. And then it was it until Yanni. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Does he do like new age music? Like just like fucking boring, meditative. And he just does stuff? clarinet smooth jazz or yeah, alto yeah. saxophone. Yanni plays fuck. piano. I'm pretty sure. Who am I thinking of? Well, Kenny synthesizers. Yeah. I don't know what Yanni does. So anyway, um, nobody cares. Creon's son kills himself. And then Creon, and then uh, Creon's wife kills herself. Cause, and so another person dies. Because they all just read 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> and an epidemic happens. <laughs> and it's the book's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and then the old dude... Timely the references. Old, <laughs> yep. That's a total 2019 reference. As opposed to this uh, one, which is 2019 BC. <laughs> burn. Oh. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> and then the old, the old seer guy, Tiresias, comes in and says, like, hey, you know, I'm getting omens that you're doing the wrong thing. And Creon is still like, no, I don't care. You're fucking blind. How do you know what you're getting? How many fingers am I holding up? And he's just giving him the bird. <laughs> Fuck you, Tiresias. I liked you in Fast and Furious too, Tyrese. Um, <laughs> but then there's a very dramatic thing, which is which is all like off screen, or not off screen. Everything off dramatic happens off stage in this fucking play. It's all like off stage where... The gods are pissed off now. The gods are like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Oh yeah, so this this is where so, okay, so this is where Haman uh, finds Antigone, who's hanged herself, and he's like, "No, fuck you!" and then kills himself with his own blade. But it's not shown. Nate, can you can you say that Jamaicanly? I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. So, uh, he's. W- would um, you have? Do you think he would have described it as Irie? <laughs> How many of the things would have been Irie, Nate? <laughs> Zero, really. Every myriad. Of things. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, this is like the most dramatic part of the play where Haman finds Antigone dead and then kills himself. Like, Haman, but, you're an all-star. <laughs> but it's not shown. It's a messenger comes in and tells Creon, hey, guess what I just saw? They couldn't just show like, death on stage in the Greek place for some reason. There's no death on stage ever. Even though everyone dies, they didn't have those blood. They don't have those blood packets yet. They they uh, they use those as lube for the boy, the butt fucking they were doing <laughs> after the show. <laughs> it's, it's a little okay, unsettling right. to look at at first, but it really does the trick. I actually, I didn't realize. So you just said that. Oh yeah, they really don't show people dying. No, on no stage. one. Nothing important in this play happens 
on stage. It's always like the chorus said, and then this thing happened that we're showing you, but we're just telling you it's happening. And, and, then, and now we're moving on to the next part where everyone reacts to the thing that happened, but you're not going to see it. And it's like, what the fuck? It was very odd. Um, but I did get this line that I wrote down because it was hilarious, in my translation at least, of Zeus descending in a golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the Greeks invented that too. <laughs> oh, um, I that I have no doubts about. <laughs> but yeah, everybody kills themselves, and Creon's like, maybe I was kind of a dick. The end. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, oh man. And uh, I know it's like a whole meta. It's not a metaphor. It's just about you know doing the right thing versus doing what the law says. You know what? Or in the case, the right thing is whatever the gods say. Because I guess. They don't, I don't know what their stance on individual morality was. Well, Creon had the hubris to ignore the god, what the gods wanted, which is a proper burial for his own petty revenge, just yeah. because Polynices tried to kill everyone for that, you know, that little thing. Yeah. Or he tried to kill some people and make it well, different. He tried to attack He tried to be a, a different king who would have maybe been... As shitty or better, who knows? Because this is about, you know, I think nowadays we don't really, like, th- this dilemma doesn't exist for us. Like, nowadays it'd be like doing the right thing versus doing what the government tells you, you know, more of a libertarian. Uh, on January bent. 6th, a lot of people face yeah. that dilemma. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I'm saying in this, in this case, it was like the, what the king tells you versus what the gods tell you are different. As opposed, I guess they were still the same thing with January sixth because God told them to raid the capital. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So I guess it is similar like in pets. some ways. It's not similar. It's it's a it's similar for uh, crazy people. Um, if you hear voices from an invisible disembodied thing that tells you how to live your life, you're probably crazy. <laughs> Smear poop on the walls, Jeffrey. <laughs> That's how she'll know you love her. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> shit I mean, in her desk. Shit in Nancy's desk. Um, I guess, I mean, there probably isn't really, except, you know, this isn't a perfect example, but like, what if you find, you know, like you're like a whistleblower type of situation, right? Where like you have a certain rules or, or expectations of you, but then you find. Yeah. Like Edward Snowden or something like that, right? Like he signed a fucking non-disclosure agreement that was binding, and he was like, "No, I feel like it's is ethically wrong what the NSA is doing, so I should sell people anyway." Right? Like it's it is it's kind of like that if we were to do it nowadays. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about ancient Greek life to know. Like, was it about individual? Like, this is what's right. It's like this is what the gods say I have to do. I don't care what's right. A, a lot I don't, of I don't, philosophers I like that of what they call like. Uh, the yeah, Charlie problem, virtue yeah. ethics, like all that shit. But like, I don't know what like regular people thought about the shit. Well, uh, here's an example. I uh, okay. Do you remember the Abu Ghraib prison scandal from Dude, I jerk the Iraq off that War? All the time. Those yes, pictures yes. Are hot. I think those those pictures were those people got what they deserved for being against freedom. Yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> American soldiers were them. clearly torturing these these Iraqis, oh, yeah. Iraqi people who had been you know arrested. For whatever, and for there was an 9/11. interview with the person who essentially turned them in because it was basically his friends. They like literally took pictures of all this stuff and said, "Hey, look at what we did! Isn't this hilarious?" And the guy will or took him up a, a week or a month or something like that, and he was like, 
I knew it was wrong for them to have done that, but how do you just turn in your friends? How do you just, and you know, they're going to get in a ton of trouble. And it's that exact conflict of what is the right thing to do, but these are my friends that I'm, you know, about to hurt. Well, I think the Greeks, they did have this idea of virtue ethics though, of like, you do things because it's the right thing to do, not necessarily because of the consequences of that thing, right? Not because like you'll be rewarded or because you'll avoid a punishment. It's like, no, that's the, I mean, at least the philosophers talk about that kind of shit a lot. Do the average Greek do that? Probably not. They're human beings. They probably, as much as the regular average person, anytime. Right. You know, the, the, the rarefied academics talking could say whatever they want. Stavros, the baker, just, you know, needs to make, pay his rent or whatever the fuck it was. He just needs to make a pita for a gyro. <laughs> <laughs> now I make lots of baklava. It's very sweet. Like justice. Um, yeah, I don't know about that part. I mean, I think the plays of the ancient Greeks, the ones that survive, partially they only survive because they were the best, considered the best ones and probably the most... Uh, and because of the fire at the Library of Alexandra or some shit. Well, it's really because like these ones were written down a lot, you know. Yeah, it's hard uh, to make a pl- at any thing written down last for three thousand years. Yeah, so like, I can't find shit I wrote down last week. That's why you have to. If you just keep making copies of it, that's the only way that you have a chance of it surviving. Remember but, to keep writing this down. <laughs> that's from the, the the giraffes of Memento. <laughs> <laughs> But these plays were considered the best for a variety of things, like their uh, demonstrations of dramatic form and poetic language. But I bet also, like, there's an element of uh, these were the most instructional or, like, the model, the best type of behavior for a Greek or showed, or taught the best lesson, because they all seem to have a moral at the end. Right? Part of tragedy is the hero always is laid low at the end because they were an asshole in some form, where the main characters laid low. Well, in this case, the bad guy is the only one that lives, and he's like, I was a real dick. But he learns a lesson. He's like, oh, now I get it. But his <laughs> son is dead. Her, his son kills himself. His wife kills herself. And he pays, he pays a tremendous price, so that everybody can understand leaving that amphitheater on that afternoon in Greece. It's like, oh, see, that's why you do the right thing that the gods want, not just what some fucking douchebag supervisor tells you some temporary egocentric human who just wants to flex his power as opposed to the gods who have real power and will turn into a goose and fuck you if that's not power i don't know what is there is no other power other than goose fuckery that's corkscrew penis it's crazy that's a duck same shit the goose is a long duck the hell the the gifted ones (laughs) you never know who's gonna get one (laughs) ducks in this case always ducks uh it's ducks all the way down to the ground because that's where their cocks hang um but i don't uh i think that that's you know this was supposed to be a moral that the audience left and thought about and they were like that's something to keep in mind but not enough to actually like stir them up into rebellion just be like hey no, and not enough, you know, in ancient Athens for them to be like, maybe we should stop practicing widespread slavery and give right we should give rights to women and, you know, not, you know, fuck children. No, no, like come on, one thing at a time. This whole play he's shitting on her for being a woman. Like, this woman disobeyed me. 
I can't let a woman do that. Like the son's like, yeah, you know, maybe not. It's not great. It's like this woman has opinions that she needs to be put down. It's like it's constant, which is I I don't think that Sophocles was like an ardent feminist. So I I was kind of surprised that that was in there. Like, yeah, this this bad guy's a real sexist. But does Sophocles think that that's bad? I don't know. That might be one of those things that was just the the air they breathed. That he doesn't like. (laughs) That's a detail because that's just what it was, not because he was drawing attention to something. Yeah, it was just odd. Just because it's like reading it now, you realize like, yeah, this bad guy's a real sexist. That's bad. But it, in context back then, might have been like, well, yeah, women shouldn't have opinions. But she did the right thing as long as she didn't like. If she was a dude, maybe she'd live. And that's when he said the whatever the ancient Greek equivalent of get back in the kitchen was like get back to the shawarma or something, <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh no, yeah. I, I think it's I think with these these ancient works it's very easy to read a lot into them that was probably not there. I feel like you need like a you need a lot of previous knowledge to really understand more about them. Like you get I get the just the play. It's it's not complicated. It's not a lot of like deep sud, subtle meanings. It's pretty ham-fisted if anything. But there's so much Stuff I don't know about Greece. <laughs> well, lamb-fisted. It's Greece. Yeah, lamb-fisted. <laughs> but I don't know fuck all about ancient Greece. Like, I took it in high school, but, like, beyond that, I, I don't know. Right. And that this is this is one of the... You know, this is a famous play still. If you're a, a well-read or cultured person, you have, like, a, a liberal arts degree, you've, you've run across it in some form. But we had to read this in fucking high school. And Did I think it... Did I read it? No. Did we, was I supposed to read it? I mean, we read different things in different classes. I was supposed to read this in freshman year of high school. I don't. And I was supposed to read it again in a college class. And that one, I kind of at least I, I read some of it then, so I could like pull out a random quote. I'm like, is this what, like does I this support Oedipus. that professor? Um, we read Oedipus in uh, senior year of my class, but why the fuck would they give this to kids? I don't know. They, because they I, want them to think about the merits of state versus divine power. I get that, like, <laughs> but I mean that is that is really what it is because this is like a, ooh, now we could have a nice Socratic seminar talking about it, and that is what you know teaching is apparently. But the, for the kids, the kids are going to come up with such dumb shit from reading a play they can't possibly understand, like that 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 what you end up talking about will have nothing to do with the play. And if that's the result, then why don't you just give them a random prompt? <laughs> just like, here's a hypothetical question, kids. Which one's better? And then they could discuss. And like, you don't need to go through the exercise of reading this play. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want them to discuss that, you could just discuss it. Or you could find a text like John Locke or some shit that's much more readable. And even that's not easy. John Locke isn't more readable. <laughs> <laughs> you could pull out they little wrote, sections of it. Though. I mean, yes, yeah. you probably could. But John Locke is like insanely long sentences with insane vocabulary for a it's kid. Like philosophy shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds terrible. All right. Uh, you, if you wanted to doing the right thing or doing the legal thing, you could make them watch Cop and a Half, starring Burt Reynolds. And Cop and a Half t- was a great film. It is a classic film. Not don't dare say movie. What it's comes after L? I don't Bo. know. Bo. 
I just remember the kid goes, give me, when they're in the bar, give me a glass of milk. He goes, it's a bar in a dirty glass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you could find other things where characters face this dilemma. Go watch Les Mis. Is it okay to steal the loaf of bread to feed your family or whatever? Like, do your, like, which needs are, are more important than the others? Which rules are more important? Like the rule, like being humane and treating people. Or like not even more important, but are these rules just? Or are they just rules? You know? You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's Mm. what the teacher who like sits on the desk says. Preach. Or are they just rules? No, no. They they turn the chair around. (laughs) Oh, they do. Yeah. And this is the teacher who's like, just don't don't call me Mr. Smith. Call me Frank. (laughs) And they're like, why? That's fucking weird, dude. Doesn't My name you... is actually Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Frank, though. Let me be frank with you. <laughs> Let me just be frank with you. Uh, <laughs> outside of class, I'm called something else. <laughs> uh, so I think having high schoolers, in our case, read this was stupid. In a college class, sure, but you still need a lot of context for it to make much sense. And if you want to have a debate about philosophy, there's probably other things you should read. I feel like it's better for suited debates, for a history or philosophy class than a literature class. Right, but if you're reading a history thing, you're like, what was it like to be an ancient Greek? You probably wouldn't read this either because you're not going to get much out of that. Like, I guess they hated women and uh, the gods were important. Like, You kind of already know that just from knowing it's ancient world. But I guess objectively, did, did you guys like it? I liked that it took an hour to read. <laughs> <laughs> I liked in my, the translation I read, which I'm never going to go compare translations, but this one was... I picked because it was supposed to be very poetic, and I know that the Greek writing of this time is very poetic. So I thought, like, oh, that'll at least be the closest I'm going to get because I don't, you know, I don't read classic Greek. And it had some nice phrases that seemed very Shakespearean. So I was like, oh, that's a good line, but it was mostly um, a chore. <laughs> I didn't love it. Yeah, you see that. I, I actually, I kind of liked it. Like, I liked the play. I liked the story. I thought it was better than average for ancient shit that I've read in the past. I just hated so much how everything important happened off stage. And then some guy told you like, guess what just happened? That everyone that was in the play killed themselves just like over there. I know that was like a, it was, I know it's like a, it's just the way they did things, but like that, that doesn't translate to modern anything. It's stupid. And I hate it. We're just watching the reaction videos to Antigone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she killed herself? Whoa. No, bro. It's like, I don't like this. I would like to see her. I want to see her kill herself. But like, I, like everything happened. Like the, the fucking play started after the giant war. So you missed the whole war, which didn't happen in another play. This isn't like a spinoff. It just, oh, by the way, there was a war. And then she kills herself off page. The son kills herself off page. The wife kills, kills herself off stage. It's like, I don't want to, I want to see this stuff happen, which I don't think is a big ask. No, they would say it is. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you get, this is what you get. And you watch 19 more of these in a day because that's what they did. Because this is like a half hour of acting like on stage. This is a really short thing. Yeah, they had really strong actors' unions back then, so they wanted to get them off stage for as long as they can. You know, they did have 
like the equivalent of actors' unions, so these actors could travel around and not get murdered by other city states. They're like, no, no, it's cool. I'm an actor. I'm like, oh, that's important. You can pass. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I'm you know, in how, SAG. How big a deal this was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The the chapter uh, local one. They show their SAG <laughs> tablet at the gate to the city. <laughs> the Sparta Actors Union Actors Guild. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think anyone should read this unless you're an academic. Center. I mean, it's the tr- it's true of every fucking play we read. Is you don't you shouldn't read it. You see the play if you, you want know to. That's th- m- there are some modern plays I've read when it's like December twenty eighth. I'm like, I didn't read enough books this year. I need to add that <laughs> count, and I'll read a play or two. Like I've read some David Mamet plays, and some of those are like weird, pretentious theater shit, and some are like, oh, this is just fun. You know, it's like two characters talking and saying interesting things and it's just a fun thing to read i mean it's probably better to see it there's that cor mccarthy one which is just two guys talking the white and the black and you're like ooh, ooh, okay. weird Yikes. but Tommy Lee jones and samuel jackson made a movie out of it two guys I hope, talking i hope they were the they, they switched their roles they weren't they did they switched it was weird Really? No. Samuel no. Jackson was the white? No, no, he was. That'd be the greatest acting of his life if Samuel <laughs> Jackson played the, the white. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, most most plays are not are better. To, they're meant I mean, to they're, be they're seen. Not, that's not what they're for. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like listening to music by just looking at the sheet music. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Uh, do it that way. Sweet. Look at these inverted fourths. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, that's that's all those triplets. What a Man. crescendo. <laughs> I bet, this would, I bet that would be four really loud. Four days. <laughs> Sounds like the trumpet guy blew that, that, that spot. All right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com. So it's drunkguysbookclub. Or just tell someone to check it out. Or just uh, you know leave a review. Or before the podcast is anti-gone because we'll be back next week and join us on goodreads where we read everything that has ever been written and only talk about some of them because there's just not enough time honestly and check out the hopped up network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening